Be honest, how many people watched the Grammys on Sunday night? A couple people? Just a really? Bit. Only a few people. Said be honest, right? You're in church. Keep that in mind. Um, I didn't catch it myself, but Pastor Mike was filling in Pastor Josh and I on all the details and the updates this morning. Uh, so I'm pretty informed as to everything that happened. He shared a little bit about Kanye's stunt or something like that, and he's a big Kanye fan, so we enjoyed hearing all the Grammy updates. Candy, I think you were actually there, weren't you? It, <laughs> no? Uh, wouldn't be surprised. But, um, I, you know, as I was checking out just some of the things and the updates and seeing some of the stuff there, I, it's just my opinion, but I feel like we are in desperate need of good, strong role models in the platforms of influence in our world today. Would you agree with me? I'm not just talking about in the Grammys, but I'm talking about in mainstream society as a whole, you know? And there are good examples in influence. It just seems like the vast majority maybe aren't necessarily that way. And I'm not one of those kind of people that looks at something like that, that sees that reality of maybe our landscape and our nation today and, and, and wants to put a lot of emphasis and effort around pointing out all the wrongs and all the negativities and all the things we shouldn't do or shouldn't listen to. I think there is a time and a place to call a thing for what it is, but really my solution, my heart that I feel God leads me to more than anything is to really go out and be who I'm called to be, to go out and accomplish my destiny, to go out and achieve the purposes and the plans that God has for my life so that I can be a voice for him and that I can live the kind of life that's a good representation of what Christ would want in this world today, right? And in order to do that, in order to, to live that way, in order to accomplish that, those kind of things, the fact is, is we have to have dreams and a vision for our lives. We have to have an, an idea of how we want our lives to go, or more importantly, how God is wanting our lives to go, right? In fact, Katie and I, we, we feel so, uh, so passionate about this that we really kind of raise our kids up that way, that to teach them to have goals and to have dreams. And of course, they're young, and so we're trying to kind of build that in them right now and build those habits of how they set goals, of how they pray, and how they have dreams for what they think God would have them to do. And then we, you know, we have them set a goal and say, hey, what, what do you want to achieve or what do you want to accomplish? And then you make a plan to achieve that goal, and then you work that plan, right? And we try to help them do that. And just recently, we were going through with uh, the three older girls on making out some goals. And one of the twins, Alyssa, I was asking her, I said, so what's your goal, Alyssa? And she said, I want a real horse. Okay, well, like, you know, something that we're going to, like, accomplish, we're going to focus on for, like, this week or, you know, something that you can really uh, focus on in the short term. So I'm thinking, let's just, let's just get some momentum going here, you know. And she's very stern. She's like, I want a real horse. So that kind of backfired on me a little bit, but <laughs> kids got goals and she's got dreams and she's got a vision, right? So I'm, ha I'm excited about that. And think of it this way when it comes to the importance of having dreams and having a vision for our lives. God has given all of us unique talents, gifts, 
abilities, passions, things that we could say we didn't just develop these by practice. Like God actually put these in us uniquely when he made us, right? To the inner depths of who we are. And those gifts and those talents, those abilities and those passions that we all have that need to be such a pulse of our lives, dreams and visions are like adding direction to those things. They set them on a course and in a motion, right? Those, dream, those talents and those abilities are not meant to just be preserved and kind of held in us. They're meant to be exerted. That's when they become effective. We understand this to be true when we look at the parable of the talents, when Jesus was giving the demonstration of the master condemning the one servant who buried his talents and hid them for fear that he would lose them. But in turn, by default, he didn't put those to use effectively to actually make some sort of contribution and grow those into something meaningful and worthwhile. So our gifts and our talents and our abilities, we all have them. God's given them to us, and we are to use those in a directional nature to go forward to accomplish specific goals and dreams and plans and a vision for the life that God has for us. If you believe that, say amen. 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 So ask yourself this evening as we get into the message, what are my dreams for my life? What is the vision that I have for my life? Because I don't believe we can go about approaching this life God has for us and go aimlessly or just kind of wander around and hope that things fall into place and really be good stewards of these talents and gifts that God's given us, that we've really got to set ourselves in a motion and a direction to accomplish the things that God has for us, our dreams and our purposes that are unique to all and every one. Let me pray as I get into this tonight. Father, I thank you for uh, just what you've put on my heart, I ask you, Lord, that you would just help me to communicate this word uh, according to your truth in power and in accuracy, that it would touch hearts and change lives this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So the title of my message tonight is Desires of the Heart. Desires of the Heart. And so when I talk about dreams and goals and vision, I encourage you to think of this this evening, for the sake of the message, not so much as like when your head hits the pillow, the dreams that you have in your unconscious, though we won't exclude those, I want to encourage you to think of this more along the lines of the, de the desires that you have that are deep in you, in your heart, that you believe God has given you to achieve or accomplish something or to make an impact in this world. So turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 12. And it says here, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. When the desire comes, right? There's that desire of the heart there that I'm talking about. Now, I would submit to you that because God gave us the ability to dream, that it's from him, and that he has given us the capacity to dream about our lives. He created us. He created our minds. He created our will. He created all that. So he actually 
put in us when he created us wasn't by mistake the ability and the capacity to have dreams and visions for our lives and the ability to seek him and actually carry those things out through his empowerment that there is a miraculous nature about a dream if you think about it that we can envision something in the future a desire or a thing that we feel is from God and we can put our hearts and our minds and engage them towards that that we can feel passionately and emotionally about that thing and work relentlessly with God's empowerment until we see that thing actually come to fruition that is a miraculous thing is it not a dream a miraculous nature to a dream that God gave us the capacity to do and when you look at that scripture hope deferred makes the heart sick one of the first things that I get out of that first of all is that we're not meant to have God-given dreams that go unrealized that go unrealized I said right hope deferred makes the heart sick God wasn't doesn't want our heart to be sick now that doesn't mean that everything happens in the timing that we want it to but God intends when he puts a desire in our heart for that thing to eventually come to pass in his manner of timing I think that's a great encouragement that we know when God's put something in us when we can say this is the desire from God I know this is a, a dream that he's given me that he doesn't intend for that thing to just fall to the wayside and go away Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And when we talk about the, when the desire comes, that word desire actually means to have a deep longing, something that is actually in the inner man of self. We're not talking about like some idea that you got here. We're not talking about some little fantasy that you maybe came up with that this might be cool. I'm talking about the things that God put deep in you so deep you really can't even make out between the flesh and between the spirit. This is something he put in me and we are to go about that with that deep longing almost like we just can't let it go. We can't get away from it even if we wanted to, right? Because God put it there. That's what the Bible says that desire is. Isn't that powerful? When the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Tree of life. And so it's meant to actually do something. When, when a dream is realized, when a vision that comes to pass in our lives, and make no mistake, we should see those things happening through our life time and time again, that when that happens, it actually adds something to us. It helps us and gives us sustenance for the future dreams and visions that God has for it's a tree of life it's awesome isn't it Psalm 37 verse 4 says delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart I see a lot of people smile I think you knew that's the next verse that I was getting ready to go to didn't you delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart so one of the things that I see here is delighting ourselves in the Lord that there's actually a direct connection between our growing closer to God and building that relationship with him and growing intimate with him there's actually a direct connection with that and the dreams that he has for us being birthed in our lives a lot of people can have a goal or a dream that doesn't necessarily line up with what God's will for their life might be. Would you agree with that? I mean, we know people have done terrible things in this world that they set out to do that wasn't from God. 
But when you say delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, the first thing that I see there is as I grow closer to God and I become more intimate in my relationship with him and know more about who he is and his character and his nature, that my dreams are actually going to come into greater alignment with what God's dreams actually are for my life. Right? Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. The next part that I see there is that there's a direct connection in our dreams and actually God empowering us to carry them out and achieve them. That those things come from Him and we become, they come into greater clarity and focus as we become closer to Him. But we also understand the need for His empowerment supernaturally in order to actually have the resources and the provision to carry those things out. And as we delight ourselves in Him, all of that starts to come together, right? Now, not every dream is from God. We know that. I want to make that really clear. That's why it's so important to be close with God because that discernment is more at work in our lives where we can identify this is from God or where's this? This is contrary to his word or this is contrary to his nature and so on. And we understand what's from God and what's not. I told this story a couple times at Waterloo, so if you heard this, just forgive me, but it's funny. I'm thinking now like Pastor Rick says, hey, have you heard this one before? And I'm starting to kind of understand that now, right? You repeat some of the stories, but this is a good one. It works in this message. So... I had a a dream one night, and in this dream, I was being attacked by this guy that I used to know in high school, and we were in school, and he's attacking me, and he gets me pinned up against the lockers, and he's just starting to pound on me, and I'm just, I start retaliating, and I start just waylaying, you know, and I get the guy down, and as I get on top of him, I'm just, I'm like, I'm getting ready to just stick my thumbs in his eyeballs. I don't... Whatever, I don't know. So as I'm getting ready to do that, all of a sudden this rustle's going on, and I wake up, and I'm on top of Katie, and I've got my hands on her face, and she's screaming, ah! (laughs) Another time, I was kicking a guy while he was down because he was coming at me. I mean, he's under attack a lot. And I was kicking the guy after... And I, woke, and I woke up, and I'm in the bed, and I'm doing this one. I'm laying on my side, and she's screaming again. It's a rough season in our life. But, you know, <clears throat> pray. Pray. For real, pray, yeah. Uh, but God delivered me from that. I'm good now, and been sleeping peacefully for a number of years, despite the interruptions in the middle of the night by all the kids. But, hey. So what was my point? So not every dream is from God, you know? Not every dream is. But I do believe that all of the dreams that God gives us, that he puts in us, the desires of our heart that he plants there, that each and every one of those have a way of glorifying him if we follow them through. You know, you say, well, what about a dream like a kid having a horse? I mean, look, I'm not so sure exactly all the details of something like that, but I can tell you that when God uses something as simple as a desire that he's putting in our heart and he brings it to pass as we trust in him, he can open that thing up and turn it into something that glorifies him in a way you and I could never even fathom if we set down that trail to begin with. And when Katie and I had a dream 
this was going back over 10 years ago, we wanted to build a house, a new house. It was just her and I, and we were living in this really small home that we had, and we wanted to build a nice big home, but we also wanted to, you know, at, at a point, turn around and sell that house and make a really good profit, buy some ground and build on it. That was a time when the market was just booming. And so we bought that house. God gave, we were doing really well in our business, and God gave us the provision and the ability to build that house. It was our own. Nobody had lived in it before, and we moved in, and we were excited, and the market crashed, you know, and then like a couple years later, we couldn't sell the house, and so we were there, and then as we began to live in that, we started having kids and more kids and more kids, <laughs> and we actually began to fill that house up, you know. And then as we stayed there longer, we began to build these great relationships with our neighbors. And now one of our neighbors, they go to church over in Waterloo with us, and the wife, she's in, in crosswalk volunteering and serving, and the kids, they're asking questions about God all the time. And I couldn't have figured all that out, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just, when God puts a desire in your heart, and we just seek him faithfully and allow him to use that, and we trust him, he's going to open that thing up to accomplish so much more for his glory than we could ever even imagine. Men can dream without God, but it lacks the empowerment of his spirit and therefore lacks his purpose in it. And so what we desire is we desire those dreams to be put in us from God, to give us those desires, and then we trust him and seek him to see those things fulfilled and played out. I love how Pharaoh responded when Joseph interpreted his dream. He said, can we find such a man as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God? See, Joseph was a man with a dream, and he was on a mission, but it wasn't just a dream. It was a dream from God. And so God's spirit was with him and allowing him to carry, even though he made a lot of mistakes along the way and how he played that thing out. Thank God for his mercy. He allows us to be imperfect and still work out his perfect plan along the way. But Pharaoh says, where would we find such a man as this in whom the spirit of God is? Joseph wasn't just having a dream. He was a, a dream that God had given him and God's spirit was with him along the way, empowering him to carry it out. Turn to Genesis chapter 25. And we're going to spend the rest of the time here this evening. And this is the story of Isaac and Rebekah as they conceived their sons, Jacob and Esau. I love this story. <clears throat> it's one of my favorites in the Bible. I'm just going to read, starting in verse 20. It says, Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as his wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padan, Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Whew. Two peoples shall be separated from your body, and one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb. You see why I like this now, right? And the first came out red, and he was like a hairy garment all over, so they called his name Esau. And afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. 
I believe in this story is a great lesson that we can take from what God shows us on how he puts a dream in us and then gives us, commissions us to carry it out, but empowers us supernaturally to be able to see that thing come to pass. The first thing here is that Isaac here, he was not unfamiliar to this kind of thing. In fact, we know the story of Abraham and Sarah. She waited all those years to finally conceive, and Isaac was that promised child, right? So Isaac Isaac was kind of birthed out of a dream and out of a vision that Abraham and Sarah had from God for their life that they continued to stay the course with even though they questioned at times and eventually trusted God and it came to pass. So Isaac was no stranger to this kind of thing. So here we see that Rebecca is barren and now he's, he's taking her as his wife and he begins to pray to the Lord that she would conceive. Now, the other thing that I notice here is that God actually planted this dream in Isaac or in uh, yeah Isaac and Rebecca, but God actually had this dream before He gave it to them, which is interesting, isn't it? Because we know that God had the dream when He said to Abraham, He made the covenant, "I'm going to make your descendants right. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to make your descendants is the over." Is, the sand on the seashore, uh, and populate the earth. So he made this promise before this actual dream was birthed in Isaac and Rebekah's heart. So God has dreams for us that he already had and before he created us, and he fashioned us in that womb. And God intends to give those to us as we live out this life and also empower us to be able to carry them out. The next thing I see is that our dream is going to require us to fight the fight of faith in order to see it through. There's a, listen to this verse right here where it said, Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as his wife, but then at the end in verse 26, it says he was 60 years old when she bore those sons. Did you catch that? That short little couple of verses actually has a 20-year lapse of time in it. Think about those 20 years. When Isaac, when Rebecca was barren and Isaac was 40 years old, they began to have the desire to have children. They had the dream and the vision for their life to conceive. And she was barren and they set out to pray. Think of all the years on their knees praying and trusting God. They had to fight the fight of faith for 20 years, and then eventually Rebecca conceives, right? The other thing I see here is that our dreams are going to require us to be invested in them. And amen, they require us to be invested in them. Man, Isaac and Rebecca, they were invested in that dream all those years until it came to pass. But not only that, Rebecca carried those babies, and so they kind of took a part of her as, she, as they matured and they grew in her womb. And then that when they were born, they had to raise those kids up to be strong and go out into the world and do what God was calling them to do. Your dreams and my dreams are from God, and he's going to empower us, but we are required to be invested in that. And that means you got to, I mean, I'm talking about carrying that thing, like as if you're pregnant, just like her, carrying that thing, and, and prayer, devoting energy and resources and all the things that that would require. Our dreams require us to be invested in them. And the next thing I see is that our dreams are going to take time to mature. 
Our dreams, they're going to take time to mature. God has a perfect timing about everything. In this case, it took 20 years for that dream to eventually come to the point where it was birthed out of them, and then they continued to carry that thing forward the rest of the way, as I said, as they raised them. But your dreams are going to require the divine timing of God to reach a point of maturity, and along the way, we've got to be invested in them, and we've got to be fighting the fight of faith in order to see them all the way through. You think about Joseph when he had that dream about ruling over the nations, which in the dream were his brothers, that when he first went about explaining that dream, it created a bunch of mess. He wasn't actually ready for that dream to come to fruition. And through a series of years of wisdom and development, God brought him to the point of maturity where he was ready to actually step into that thing and for it to be birthed, right? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that God has made everything beautiful in its time. In its time. And we've got to understand that God, when he puts desires in our heart that are from him, that make our inner man just beat, that he also has a perfect plan of timing to bring that thing to full maturity before it's ready to be birthed. If something is birthed premature, it's not healthy and it can't survive. God knows how long that incubation process needs to be better than we do, but our responsibility and call is to continue to fight that fight of faith and to continue staying invested in the dream that God is giving us, knowing that he has a plan to bring it to pass and not for it to go to the wayside. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. And then the last thing that I see here, oh, is as big as you and I think we can dream. As big as we think we can dream. It's nothing, nothing compared to what God can dream for us. It's not even a, it's a a fraction, it's a portion. And I love that, that I can give my greatest effort to a dream for my life that God's put a desire in me and know that God just has so much more than even I can see. You know, I know that. When Rebecca was pregnant, she said, something's wrong here. Something is not right. What is going on, she inquired of the Lord. Meaning, her mind, she's, now she's pregnant. This dream of 20 years is finally going to happen. And what her thinking is, is, what's wrong? I hope they just make it, right? I can't read her mind, but I hope they just make it is probably what she's thinking. And what does God say back to her? He says, I have, there are two nations in your womb. Two nations in your womb. He doesn't say those two babies are healthy. He doesn't say those are two fetuses. Those are two kids that are going to grow up strong. He says those are two nations in your womb. It's going to change the world. It's going to populate the earth. My dream for your life is beyond what your lifetime and their lifetime is ever even going to see on this side of heaven. God speaking to the fullness right there of the dream and the desire that he put in their heart, something she was incapable of seeing. Hallelujah. 
And I believe that God is speaking to the fullness of the dreams that he's putting in us. If we'll listen, if we'll seek him, there's going to come those times where we're going to see those things come to fruition. We're going to see them materialize. And it's going to add something to us. And we're going to continue to set out further and further on a course for God to accomplish what he's putting in our heart and our desires. And ultimately, it's going to glorify him. Ephesians 3.20 in the Amplified Version says, Now to him who, by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above, all that we could dare to ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. There's our dream, and then there's God. And I love that about him. It makes me so appreciative of the desires that he's put in my heart. And it helps me recognize these things have purpose, man. These things have godly, supernatural purpose. These aren't plans of man. These are divine points of my destiny that God has for my life. And I'm going to invest in them. I'm going to fight the fight of faith for them. I'm going to trust God in his timing to see them through. And I'm going to know as big as I can think, it's never big enough. We've got to dream big. We've got to think big. right? We've got to have a vision for our lives. And ultimately... We've got to help other people do the same thing. The world is not interested, for the most part, by and large, in people's dreams and desires of their heart. They're just not. It's just not the way that society is nowadays. They're more in, the world is more interested in people conforming, in some cases just having the wrong desires and dreams to go with mainstream society. You and I are children of God, consciously aware of the desires that he is putting in us, moving in faith to supernaturally see the empowerment necessary and needed to watch those things come to pass. We have an obligation to help other people do that too. I really believe that. There's no quicker way to a person's heart than helping and understanding what their goals and their dreams are. And to know that there are nations in other people. There are nations in other people. Dreams and purposes that God has. And while we can't make those things happen, we can play a part in helping to water and nourish them along. Amen? Proverbs twelve eighteen says, But the tongue of the wise promotes health. With the way we encourage the way we talk to people the way we speak life death and life are in the power of the tongue when we speak into people's lives that we can actually help move those things and spark those things and help give them the encouragement to carry them along and fight the fight of faith that they're going to have to fight and help them invest in it maybe even invest ourselves a little bit in other people's dreams how about that right through prayer through resources and whatever stand to your feet let me ask you tonight, 
as I said in the beginning, what are the dreams and the vision that you have for your life? Are you clear about that? Do, would you be honest and maybe say if you're here this evening that there's dreams and desires of your heart that God put in there a long time ago that you've really just kind of allowed to become dormant. Maybe you're just ready to seek God this evening for the first time and ask him to just start pouring in the desires and just really be the one that leads you in this thing. In any of those situations, we're just gonna pray tonight. I'm just gonna pray that God supernaturally will just move in people's lives and stir things up in their spirit, man, and bring to the surface anything that's just kind of settled down deep that God himself put there to begin with. There's no place for it to stay buried it's not intended to be preserved. That thing was planted so it could grow and be birthed out of it.